Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Weekly Cooldown. I'm your host, Kami Jace, and this is the show where we normally get to know the gaming news of the week, and we get to know our guest. However, this time we're doing something a little different. This episode is going to focus on a fellow black gamer. For Black History Month, I wanted to make sure that I highlighted black voices and spoke to as many other black gamers as possible. For this episode, I decided to focus a little less on the news and allow a different voice to take over. The theme for this show is representation. You may have listened to episode 47, where I spoke about why I believe representation mattered in the gaming community. This time, I wanted to give others a chance. And not only just for black gamers, but for gay gamers, trans gamers, women gamers, and so on. And so we asked you online what you thought of representation. Here's what you had to say. Ignis Cat said, It certainly does matter. It's slow going for sure. I personally would like a bit more female leads and LGBT representation. And if games have male or female lead, to see the female in trailers too. I feel Bioware did that well with Mass Effect way back when. Sam, who's been on the podcast before, at Sam Nealon, said, Absolutely. What I wish I saw more of in games are the more personal parts of the lives of minorities. Things like how they present themselves or act around other people, and how it's a reflection of how they want to live, how they make connections, how they handle problems. On Facebook, I also asked a gay gaming group that I am a part of. Here's what someone had to say. Andrew from the group said, Representation matters, yes. But representation that is badly written and does not further the plot is bad for the community. In a similar fashion, Rosenzuda, at Rosenzuda on Twitter, said, Representation good, tokenism bad. Some people confuse the two a lot. There's one more voice I want to get in here. A friend of mine named Garm does not have a microphone or a Twitter account, and I do shame him for it often, but he had this to say. He said representation is cool, but representation in the writer's room and the director's chair is more important than a black side character. I can't think of many games where the narrative is distinctly black or African or Arab or whatever. And that's something important that I think will set the tone for what's about to happen next. I'm going to let Justin take over. Justin's going to tell you all about his life as a black gamer and why representation matters to him and how it matters to him. Take it away, Justin. Woo! What's up, people? This is your boy Justin Williams, host of the Super Tangent Blogcast. I'm very excited to be joining y'all today, audience of the Weekly Cooldown podcast hosted by my boy Najee Walker. I'm very, very enthusiastic about this topic because... You know, I'm a sociology major, uh, and we, when I when I was in college, we talked a lot about race and ethnicity, and especially how we kind of do things in America. Um, we are not very inclusive of um, of other races. We're not super inclusive of other generations. You know, this whole "okay, boomer" thing is a perfect example of how we kind of block off people who are in different generations than us. As uh, especially as Americans, right? We are just so divisive. And being that it's Black History Month, 
Uh, you know what I'm saying? One of the great things about Black History Month is just, you know, acknowledging the, the, the opportunity, right, to take a very tiny baby step forward and not maybe not be so divisive and just kind of celebrate a culture that may not be your own and uh, maybe learn about it and kind of appreciate, you know, w- black history is deeply embedded within the DNA of North American history, for instance, right? And in this particular generation, now we have legions of black gamers and uh, so-called blurs that mix their cultural identity with that of their with a nerd identity, right? And the reason why that's so important, especially for me as a black man and a gamer, is because this is not the stereotypical um, portrayal of what the black man is supposed to be interested in, what he is supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be on the streets, killing each other, sipping 40s, uh, you know, and laying down tracks in some raggedy butt studio, you know, making struggle music on a mic, uh, accepting handouts, being lazy, being obnoxious and loud and just ghetto. You know what I'm saying? And if you are ghetto, if you are hood, wear that proudly. Do not ever pretend to be something that you are not, right? So I'm not saying that as a bad thing. What I am saying is that as a, as a black person, the general perception for the people around me who are not black is to look at me and say, oh, you're supposed to be good at rapping. You're supposed to be good at dancing. You're supposed to be good at running fast and playing sports and playing football and you're not supposed to be good at skating. You're not supposed to be good at playing guitar or playing an instrument other than you know, drums or bass, you're not supposed to be punctual. You're not supposed to be a gamer. There's all these tiny little things, right? You're not supposed to be vegan. You're not, you know, so there's power in being a black nerd, a nerd who just happens to be black, right? Who's not making a big thing out of one thing or the other. It's a very, very powerful thing. People don't seem to understand that is there's so much power in that. And I want to talk about that just for a little bit It being Black History Month. And I want to talk a little bit about how me, the host of Super Tangent Blogcast, how Justin got into gaming. You know what I'm saying? And um, part of it is just I think it's just the generation that I grew up in. It's just the time that I grew up in. I'm a you know, I'm a I'm a 90s baby. I, I was born in 89. Right. Ghostbusters 2 came out that year. Holla, holla, holla. And some of my earliest memories are just of me and my brother and sometimes my dad playing in our room with the. Nintendo Entertainment System, right? The original Nintendo. I don't really know what it was. It's not something that I remember being... I I don't remember ever asking for video games, right? Like at at a young age. I just remember we always had one. And I don't know what got my dad invested in it enough to think that, oh, maybe my two sons, me and my older brother, who's two years older than I am, would enjoy this. But some of my earliest memories of us just being together as a family almost always included having that Nintendo system. You know, Duck Hunt. Super Mario, a lot of gamers grew up on these two games, you know, and other stuff too, just like, just songs, right, imprinted into my brain um, from random things like the, like, uh, Yo Noid, who, if if y'all remember, if y'all 90s babies, you know that Noid was like the creepy red bunny that I think was the mascot for Domino's Pizza, for some reason, he got a video game, Capcom developed that, Uh, ironically, Capcom is my favorite video game developer. You know, there's like uh, just like theme songs that just stick with you your entire life. I specifically remember, very vividly remember, songs from Mega Man 5 that I played as a kid way back then. That Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game for the original NES that no one could ever possibly beat, the original Dark Souls. Yeah, 
you know, it, it's interesting. And these things just like stick with you. Right. And you're just playing these games and you're enjoying them and, and you collaborate with one another, especially with two player games. You're playing Mario. You, you take turns. You learn to share. You're learning all these things that you wouldn't really expect a quote unquote nerd playing video games in his room to learn. Right. And it's not your whole life, but you just have no idea how much of an impact it's going to have on you as an adult. You know, again, especially as a black kid, you know what I mean? And I think, you know, the reason why I kept up with gaming is just because so many different things about gaming. It was just an amazing escape. As a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to explore the stars. I was obsessed with Star Wars. First Star Trek, then Star Wars, then Robotech, then Gundam. So I was always looking. I was always stargazing. I was always invested in the planets and and stuff like that. And so, of course, I'm going to play games like... Darius and Solar Striker for the original Game Boy. I'm going to be invested in things like that, things that brought me to this fantasy world, this cartoony fantasy world with fun music and scary monsters, and you get to save the day. And I was just attracted to that kind of stuff. And then one day during our Super Nintendo era, and I still remember that Christmas where we got the Super Nintendo. Now, again, this is not something that I asked for, right? Something my dad just kind of came home with. And so I really thank my dad for instilling this in us, me and my brother. Whether he wants to take credit for it or not, it was something that kept me and my brother together, playing cooperatively, sharing, right? You know, I'm in Facebook groups solely dedicated to, like, the appreciation of video game music because it was the music that was one of the earliest imprints on me that told me video games are important and they're going to be extremely important for the rest of my life. So I kept coming back to them. I kept coming back to to these heroes that I just kind of remember. I mean, I watching my brother play Street Fighter 2. I got into Street Fighter 2. I got into Ryu and Ken and Guile and Chun-Li and the and the Grandmasters, right? Never getting past Sagat and then finally getting to Bison and remember beating him for the first time with Ken and thinking Ken's the only dude in this game that can beat him. This is crazy. So like I never played with Blanco or Dalsim or you know what I'm saying? Like kid logic right and then getting into mortal Kombat, and then realizing holy crap this is some stuff that i shouldn't even be on straight up is mad bloody is mad violent but it's fascinating and it's fun and i'm a boy and i like violence and which is super stereotypical right but that was instilled in me i like that kind of stuff you know i love the fighting and i just love the cartoony blood and it was funny and it was dark and I don't know, man. Video games have always stuck with me because they gave me a place of tranquility, a place of fantasy and escape where I got to jump into the game, right? Games weren't so realistic back then that it just felt like you were watching a a documentary. A lot of video games are like that today. But being a part of the gaming culture and the evolution of video games has just been so exhilarating and so exciting. Now, growing up, obviously, as a black gamer in the 90s, no one cares that you're black and gaming. Every every black kid was playing Street Fighter 2 and NBA Jam Tournament Edition and Super Street Fighter and F-Zero and Donkey Kong Country 1, 2, 3. Everybody was playing, you know, even crap games that we didn't know were crap back then, like Rise of the Robots and Unicycle, whatever that crap game was, you know, and, and, and Clay Fighter 2 judgment clay and robocop versus terminator which totally sucked and like all these games you know for the super nintendo especially and if you were a genesis kid you were playing virtual fighter 2 and sonic the hedgehog 1 2 and 3 and sonic and knuckles and you were playing vector man and you were playing all these other dope games you know while i was playing Star Fox, for instance so you know the super nintendo era was definitely a definitive time in my life as a gamer and i think that kind of set the standard for what would eventually become the next home console generation, which included everything from, you know, the Jaguar, which claimed to be 64-bit. It totally wasn't. And the PlayStation and the totally underrated Sega Saturn, the the music. I mean, 
the music of some games was just crazy. And and that is sort of a love language to me is song, is music. Music is so powerful. It is one of those things that's more powerful than the walls that divide us, like age and race and religion and, you know, sexual orientation. Music brings us together the same way that food does, the same way that love does. You, ju- you Some things just don't have barriers. They just totally transcend all of those societal divides. And music is one of those things. And when you get invested in video games, you get invested in the music. And, and for some crazy reason, you just wake up one day and you're humming a song from Mega Man 5 that you haven't heard of in, in 15 years and you're wondering where did the song come from you're you're you know you're you're humming the the main menu theme song from the first tony hawk pro skater game right and you're 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 singing you know the the stage select screen music from Mega Man X 4 in the shower and you, you know you're just getting invested in all of this crazy stuff um and that's that sticks with me play the original halo and tell me that opening music doesn't doesn't do something to you Play Star Fox 64 and tell me the the menu screen music doesn't do something to you. Play Final Fantasy on mute. You will hate that game on mute, right? That entire game is nothing but a giant... This was before Final Fantasy X, so there was no voice actors, right? It was just the music and the sound effects. That's it. So, of course, Final Fantasy VII has a huge place in my heart for that very reason. Yeah, my experiences as a gamer were, 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 you know, luckily very, very normal. You know, I always appreciated the arcade up in Alaska. Back in the day, we had the space station, which was just like the dopest arcade. You know, it was like the next evolution of Chuck E. Cheese. When you're a kid, you go to Chuck E. Cheese. But then when you grow up a little bit, you go to the space station and you play, quote unquote, real games, real racing games, real fighting games, real shooting games. Uh, You know, and then in middle school or no high school, I think I got into Dance Dance, Dance, Dance Revolution. And that just kind of that was a whole new level for me. Right. And so. And that was nothing but music, right? That was just pure music. So video games have always had a huge place in my heart. They expanded my imagination the same way that comic books did, the same way books did, the same way, honestly, school did. I dare say it gave me a different kind of education that no one would really understand unless you grew up with gaming. And I hope that makes sense because, I mean, if you know, you know. And if you don't know, you don't know. If you just play games every now and again, you just casually you kind of grew up with them or you grew up with them late, you don't really understand what it's like to grow up your entire life with a video game console, right? It's just, it's it just hits different. Games just hit different. Video game music hits different. And I love seeing and learning about the most influential generation defining video games out there you know the marios and the 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 golden eye 007s you know and the dooms and and the wolfenstein 3ds the donkey kong countries and the street fighter 2s and learning about all this stuff it just fascinates me you know because every gaming generation is going to have a game like that where you know metal gear solid you know or, or um you know ddr you know it, or something that's just going to define a generation of video gaming um and so you know as a black gamer, right? Now let's kind of get back into that. One really good experience that I just had growing up was just the fact that I wasn't treated like one. And let me let me break that down for you. It's kind of like what I was saying earlier, you know, when when people look at you, they usually put your skin color first to categorize you, to define you, to know where they they can place you mentally so they don't fear you and see how how much they can control you or how much you can get them to like you, right? Um, kids do it. Adults do it. 
people of all races do it. It's it's not a white thing. It's not a white versus black thing. And when people talk about race, that's exactly where people's minds go. It's just it's black versus white. And it's like that's not that's not reality. <laughs> that's not even American history, right? It's so much deeper than that. We have to understand that first of all. But in being a black gamer, right? It is uh, one of the things that I love was just the fact that I wasn't treated like a black gamer. I was treated like a gamer who happened to be black. And I think back in the day in the 90s, I grew up with racial diversity. I grew up with Power Rangers, right? I grew up with all this or this sort of stuff where it wasn't super weird to see black people in comics and cartoons and and movies and stuff like that. I was like, dude, in the 90s, we're popping off. We were everywhere. You know, I I was just kind of especially because Anchorage, Alaska is such a racially diverse city. That's just what I was raised around. Whites and blacks and Samoans and Asians and, you know, um, Alaska natives. Like, it's just such a beautiful thing. I hate the term melting pot, but that's really what Anchorage is and was and probably forever always will be. And that's what I was raised in, you know. And so being a black gamer, it was a great experience, right? Because I didn't have to worry about the stereotypes. I didn't have to worry about, you know, the expectations. It was just me being a gamer who just happened to be black. Now, one of the bad things about being a black gamer is that it's kind of hard to find other black gamers. Now, I know that sounds stupid, but in my personal experience, outside of my brother and, like, his friends, stuff like that, and, like, maybe my closest friends, like, there's nothing wrong with my my white friends, my non-black friends. There's nothing wrong with that. But, like, in some instances, I felt alone, right? It, it wasn't necessarily because I was a black gamer, but it was because of the kinds of games that I liked, right? And in high school, I didn't really feel cool enough. Because I was playing Dance Dance Revolution while all my other black gamer friends were playing Madden and were playing NBA 2K. And I wasn't interested in that kind of stuff. I st- To this day, I still don't really like sports games unless they're like super cartoony and super like over the top and weird like NBA Jam, Hang Time, Showtime, NFL Blitz, SSX, you know, like sports games like that and racing games and stuff like that. But I was never really interested in like even the stuff that my brother's into. Like I, I just never really got into 2K I'd much rather be playing NBA Street than NBA 2K, you know, and um, so I was just never really into that. And so I couldn't really hang out with, you know, other black people who were invested in, you know, what I'm saying Dance Dance Revolution the way I was invested in Dance Dance Revolution. So I kind of saw like a divide there that like even though there are other black gamers and we kind of intersected at some video games, especially uh, the games that we grew up on. Being in high school was kind of hard because it was like, there's no other black gamers who who like what I like. There's no other black gamers playing the Final Fantasy games. There's no other black gamers playing uh, DDR. There's no other black gamers humming the songs to Mega Man X4, X5, X6. There's no black gamers excited as I am about Marvel versus Capcom 2. So it was kind of hard. You know, I learned that there's division everywhere. And it's not always a bad thing, a sour thing. And honestly, it gives us an opportunity to learn more about each other and to appreciate differences. The same way that Black History Month gives people the opportunity to appreciate the fact that you're different. You know, you're not always looking at the past, but you're looking towards the future, you know, and that's kind of the beauty of this month. And, you know, one thing that I think I'd like to see in just like the gaming community is just kind of seeing those walls, you know, just kind of being burned down. And I don't really know how to go about that. Right. But. I know those walls still exist in the gaming community, and we see that a lot when it comes to gender. Like, female gamers are called gamer girls, you know, instead of just gamers, you know. And, like, 
I just feel like not that they shouldn't be called that, not that that should be should not be a thing that women take pride in in an industry in which they're largely overlooked, not only as creators and developers, but also as participants and players. It's just that sometimes labels like that, like even the term black gamer, even though that's obvious, that's what I am. It's just the fact of life. And I'm not going to shy away from that. But sometimes that can be used, not that it is used, but it can be used to continue to categorize people, to continue to make sure that they're over there. And the, the majority of people, the homogenous crew who all look alike and think alike and play the same games and share the same belief systems are over here. Right. But the black gamers are over here, the gamer girls are over here, the gay gamers are over here, you know, where we kind of have to fend for ourselves. And I just want to see a little bit less of that, especially on Twitter, especially on Facebook, because these are places where we can put our differences aside and unite to grow these groups and to make certain aspects of the gaming world known, especially across different cultures, especially globally, thinking beyond America, beyond blackness, beyond whiteness, beyond whatever just global gaming. And I, I, I want to see more of that. And so um, gaming is a huge part of my life. It always will be. It always has been. I don't ever foresee myself not being invested in some way in video games. And I'm excited to see this next generation. But that's all I got for you, man. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Najee. I really appreciate it. Again, this is your boy, Justin. Super Tangent Blogcast. Find me online. Subscribe. Listen to my podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. Peace out, gamers.